The Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live and excited color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's the Four Horsemen. All right, fellers. Yes. Our technology is working a little better this week. So um, you all just missed Dennis's uh, serenade mm. um, prior to starting. He's old school, so he doesn't want to stand for his microphone. He wants to hold it like, <laughs> like the days before they had lapels in church. I'm the preacher of liberty. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, we we are your hosts. We have four this week. It's not just me and, and the Ben. So I'm Ben Kerfman. I'm the pastor of Barberville Baptist, Waynesville, North Carolina. We got Adam Black here, pastor of Westwood Baptist. Isn't there a show about that? What Westwood? Anyways, um, yeah, that was a movie. Yeah, that was so a movie. Adam pastors Westwood Baptist and. West Asheville, uh, across the street from Satan's Yard. Sale. Amen. And you can uh, get married there now too. <laughs> the wedding chapel. I'm not joking. And Go you ahead. get married to whomever you exactly. wish. I'm sure. It's exactly. really Asheville over there, y'all. Yeah. And then uh, we got Ben Heisey, uh, Pole Creek Baptist in Candler, which is uh, in rural Buncombe County, not as scary as where <laughs> Adam is. It's between Hooterville and Pixley. And then, and then we have uh, Milk Sick Cove. The people that aren't from North Carolina, if they listen to this, they're like, what are they talking about? And it's like, you, <laughs> but if you got, just got to If you go too far, you wind, wind up in Jugtown. That's true. That's right. Yeah, that's a problem. Keep your doors locked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Dennis Thurman, who is the associational mission strategist of the Haywood Baptist Association now, um, which is the association that I'm in. These guys uh, aren't privileged enough Pray to for have me. that, but... So we got we got our, our guys here. Ben and I started last week a conversation about government mandates from a biblical worldview, the topic that everyone wants to hear about right now. And in the last week since we recorded, uh, or the or it was two weeks ago we recorded, they came out uh, around Thanksgiving last week. Um, we now have Omicron, <laughs> which sounds like a transformer. Um, it's like a Decepticon that's going to kill us all, according to the news. So uh, we now have Omicron, which means you need to hide your kids, hide your wife, lock your doors, don't go to church anymore, use Instacart, um, you know, shut down the playgrounds and, you know, uh, sleep in a different room from your wife. You know, wh whatever whatever else, you know, you got to do that they're going to do. Seal the borders from all people from South Africa. Yes, that's right. We don't want people from Africa coming in now. No. If you guys didn't didn't uh, didn't realize that, but that's not racist this time. No. Of course not. Um, the China the China one was, but the China. Africa one's not. Shouldn't we be so, wearing a mask right now? Um, well, I have natural immunity, which according to the Israeli studies is twenty eight <laughs> times more effective than vaccines. So, is there a um, mandate in Haywood County right now? Uh, no, so fortunately, yeah, fortunately, I, I I forget that these guys are in Buncombe County. So Buncombe, Buncombe County. Is uh, basically kind of like a very very tiny version of like New York or California, um, in Western North Carolina. So here in Haywood County, we're allowed to like grocery shop and 
you know um spend time with your family on thanksgiving, yeah those kind of things yeah exactly like yeah we can still have thanksgiving and we had to report to the government that we were coming here oh really yeah. yeah yeah you'll have to be quarantined two weeks when you go back across the line so right. we're, we're now we're now we're now recording this in a free zone also <laughs> foreign I would, country i would point out that uh that like a like a good uh, reformed pastor, um, this property actually does not belong to the U.S. government because it's owned by a separate sovereign kingdom. So right. the government has no jurisdiction in this building. Do you guys um, have the American flag in your auditorium? Uh, no, we don't. There is a previous episode about that where where you can look that up. But uh, no, we only fly one flag here, and that's the flag of Jesus. Amen. Um, so actually, we don't have a flag with Jesus on it because we don't do Second Commandment violations either. But oh, okay. No, um, no they got Nazi books. Yeah. Well, and and we've got what? What is that over there on the wall? It sure looked like Jesus to me. Uh-oh. Well, you know what? This is not my office. So okay. I don't take this. This is in a back. This is in a back room. There's some things in here that are in storage that uh, uh, that we call this the inner sanctum. So this is the the um, uh, sacred place. So we can blame all that on on Chris and his secret collection of Second Commandment violations back there. As Spock would say, fascinating. <laughs> Yes. So, so Ben and I, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the issues about worldview, about, you know, the way that you understand how the world actually works and how science works and things like that obviously plays into these issues. But we also talked about, you know, as believers, uh, how we're supposed to understand our relationship with the government. We talked about how Christians are actually very pro-government. We, we are, believe that the civil government is biblical, that um, God says that it's a good thing. He says that we should be in submission to it, that we should pray for our leaders. So there, uh, we are not an anarchist religion or an, an anti-state or an anti-establishment type religion. And yet at the same time, we're seeing increasing conflicts between um, Christians or the church in general and the state in America. Now, this isn't new for some places, but it's a, it's a newer phenomenon for us here in America. So that's kind of where we left off last time. And we said we really wanted to get some other voices in here. So now we got Adam and Dennis um, with with, uh, probably contributions to make, you know, to that discussion. But now you guys, like I said, you guys are in Buncombe County. So culturally, it is different. I mean, it's my family's basically made a decision. We we really don't even unless we're visiting family in Buncombe County. We really don't even go anymore because there's no point in shopping or doing. Well, there's anything lost like people that. there, so I'm... you know, yeah, uh, there's lost people here too. Um, <laughs> but but we're allowed to talk to them and they can see our facial expressions when we talk. <laughs> um, and you guys aren't so. Um, so that's a little different of a context. Sometimes seeing people's faces. But Dennis, is not you're to the you're kind of, you're kind of in between because you serve in Haywood County where True. the restrictions are different, but you live in Buncombe County, so you're you're kind of. Uh, straddling the fence there with those kind of that's, things. That's the way I am. Yeah. Oh, in general, middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. I always tell I always tell people, you know, surprisingly enough, after all these conversations, Dennis is a lot more reformed than he lets on, um, as far as the the people he reads and, you know, I mean, I guess it's just biblical, but you that's know, true. Yeah, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every, every once in a while. So, so you wouldn't have any trouble finding some in here. <laughs> so. uh so Adam, why don't why don't you jump in? Of you know, you're pastoring in a context where uh, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of regulation, there's a lot of these kind of things. How are you helping your people think about their relationship with the government right now? Well, after listening to you guys last week and then um, thinking through some of that, I, the biggest thing that I've tried to tell our people, um, whether it be those who are attending or those who are not, is 
is consistency. And, and that was the thing that kept playing in my mind through you guys conversation last week is people, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast last week and he was talking about that when Trump was the president, that a lot of left wing, left leaning folks were, we will never take that vaccine ever Trump bad. It's going to kill us all on and on and on. Whereas Trump folks, thank you, President Trump, for Operation Warp Speed, and thank you, thank you, thank you. I even had some friends on Facebook, I won't call them out by name, but they were all about praising Trump and the vaccine. Can't wait to get it, can't wait to protect our family, blah, 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 blah. Election happens. The inauguration happens. The roles completely switched. Left-wing people get the vaccine or you don't care about people, Trump people, ah, you know, that's going to be the mark of the beast. And there's, there's not a, there's not a consistent, it's not the mark of the beast. Yeah, exactly. There's not a consistency in our beliefs. And I have to believe that's because we don't have principles. And so I've tried to tell our people be consistent. Um, it's the consistency with, you know, I, I don't feel like going out in public. I'm scared. You know, but they'll go to work, they'll go to stores, they'll go X, Y, and Z, but they won't come to a worship gathering. It's all about consistency. Um, if you make an argument about, well, you know, I'm not putting anything in my body that I don't know what it is. Eh, that's not true because you take medicines you all the time. You have no idea what's in McDonald's food. Exactly. You don't know. And so that's what I'm saying. There's not a <laughs> <Mountain> consistency <laughs> because I don't, I think there's a lack of principles, whether that's just logic in general or even biblical knowledge. Um, there's just not a consistency in society. That's believers, non-believers, left, right, whatever. There is not consistency whatsoever because it's all about what I've been told and what confirmation bias and that type of thing. So that's the biggest thing I've been trying to tell our people. Just be consistent. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Great. If you want to be get vaccinated, be vaccinated. But just be consistent. And people have a hard time with that. Hmm. Well, and so a lot of that has to do with the politicization, polarization of, of society, which has infected every area of life. And uh, through social media, especially, has had a pipeline right into our church membership, and then they bring that in with them. And so that's why they can flip-flop, like you're talking about, and, and feel like they're being consistent. Right. Because their consistency has to do with their politics and if it's somebody else's politics, then they're being consistent to be inconsistently, you know, consistent. the other way. Yeah. So, so I'm just doing what I'm told. But, but, but I think, you know, your point is that at either extreme, I think there's a ditch that you can get in. One where you just see the absolute conspiracy, the Illuminati, the you know, all that sort of thing. On the other end, you know, uh, whatever the government says to us, we just need to salute and fall in line. But biblically, which I think that's what we want to aim for, liberty is the thing that we're called to. And that liberty is not freedom to do what you want, but what you ought, with consideration of God's directives that are very clear. And in those areas where there's not that clarity— and, the, and there are, you know, people don't want to think this, but everything's not a black and white issue. There are those gray areas, and Paul deals with that in one chapter in a powerful way, a couple of chapters, Romans 13, 14, that we're very familiar with. And so a lot of that has to do how, 
how you and your own conscience uh, relate to the government and, you know, the freedom and love that you have for others uh, to sacrifice for them. You know, a thought that uh, I was uh, think I was considering today is how if I invited a Muslim over to our house because I want to share the gospel with them, I'm not going to serve them pork chops, okay? Even though I don't think there's a thing wrong with eating pork chops, love them. But I'm not going to do that because that's creating a barrier. Well, if I go into a store and they say, the management says, we want you to wear masks, I don't believe that I'm mandated to have to do that. But I'm probably going to do that because that's part of my witness so that I'm not offensive to them. And so as a Christian, that law of love needs to govern what, what I do. And, and we may come down, like you said, at different places uh, in, that, in that spectrum. And that's where, again, our love and respect for each other's brothers, we, we need to agree to disagree. So let me ask a question on that, um, on that scenario, like what you're saying. You, know, you go into a store, the management asks you, you know, would you be willing to do this? And you do it. And, and, and then kind of connecting that to the concept of liberty, you know, one of the things that uh, Ben and I talked about on the last episode was uh, the idea that um, encouraging complicity with government overreach is actually being a bad citizen, that good citizenship is actually encouraging the government to stay within its limitations, mm-hmm. that that's good for the government and it's good for citizens. And so where do you guys, uh, where do you guys draw the line on that of, you know, uh, you know, you go into the store, they ask you, are you willing to wear the mask? I know some people that are like what you said, Dennis, they're saying like, yeah, I'm not trying to pitch a fit. I'm not trying to cause issues. I don't want these people's jobs to be in jeopardy. I'm trying to, to do what's right for them, you know, regardless of how I feel about it. Or uh, you've got people on the other side that are like, well, no, I'm allowing these people to, to uh, sustain a, a narrative that's actually not good for them or the government by going along with these regulations that I don't believe and I think some of that could be a conscience issue, but um, where do you draw the line on that? You know, is one of those people in sin? Are they both in sin? Are neither of them in sin? Like, where where's the line of trying to be a good citizen by encouraging the government to stay in its lane, and at the same time also trying to, like you said, not be an obstacle to people, especially in a gospel opportunity? I think what you said, and I, I thought of a different illustration, like if I were to go to someone's house and they ask me to take my shoes off, you know, their mm. carpet or whatever. And I go, no, I'm going to keep my shoes on. I, I, I think that especially with the mask mandate and, and we want to want to speak directly to that to begin with. Um, I'm my kind of what I go by is if the store has, please wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. It's a mask. And I get that you, we can take it to a level of, well, the next thing you know, they're going to shut down the churches. Well, that's that's not a, that's a, I, I just don't see that leap. Um, but I, I wrote down some things, and we can talk about it, um, kind of principles. Is it biblical? That's what you talked about. Right. Is it biblical? Does the scriptures black and white? If no, then the thing I wrote was, is it legal? You know, Romans 13, is it legal? Uh, and then this is where we can talk more. Is it an idol? Can it become an idol? Uh, and is it wise or helpful? 
Uh, I'm sure you can add more or take away more, but that's kind of the principles that I had. So when it comes to a mask, does the does scripture speak explicitly about a mask? Clearly not. Um, the Bible says we should worship with unveiled faces. <laughs> that, that's out of context. Is, is I'm it, not going to actually preach that, but is it you legal? have thought about it. Is, I, it, is it legal? I checked. Well, you go, well, like Buncombe County, that they're mm. asking mask mandate. Well, is it illegal? No. I mean, I don't think they're in forcing it in the sense of that you could be arrested maybe in some places or it could get to that um but if they say you need to wear a mask well okay so that is part of it doesn't go to it it doesn't go against so that's part of the question though right like for instance when all this first started up last Mm -hmm. year and governor cooper issued uh the original executive order in north carolina it came with a misdemeanor penalty that you could have for for violating it so then the question is, at the same time, it's not a law. It's an executive order. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so one of, the, one, of the, one of the principles of our republic is that we are not under a system of government that is uh, controlled by mandates. It's controlled by a legal system. Right. And so there's a difference between making a law that goes through the process and says, this is the law of the land for people mm-hmm. where elected officials are... Uh, representing their constituents and going through that process yeah. versus one individual saying, uh, I've decided that you're going to do this. That's kind of the whole reason why this country started was because of a guy doing that. Yeah. Well, the only thing, the only connection I can make um, to something similar to the mask is, and, and there may be more out there, is being uh making it illegal to ride a motorcycle without a helmet you can get a ticket for riding a motorcycle without a helmet well no one's i mean i guess some bikers are pitching fits and then as soon as they go across south carolina lines they take the helmet off exactly. and things of that nature but to me it's like i think they're kind of similar in the sense of the government saying this is what's best for you in this time and I don't think there's a biblical argument that says that it is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because then, because if you go Romans 13, well, then I can't pick and choose the laws that the Bible's kind of eh, on that um, I don't agree with. But, but there's a difference between a law that has been passed. Right. That, yeah, that's a good point. And it, it's the courts say it's constitutional instead of just an executive yeah. uh, deciding. Now, back in Paul's day, you had an emperor, mm-hmm. and he was a pagan, and most of them were nut jobs and satanic and terrible. But he says you need to submit to them. But that was their government. Mm-hmm. Our government is a constitutional government. It is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And so as a result of that, if we do not advocate for that system of laws and checks and balances, then we have, I think, violated the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because I, I need to be respectful to a president or to a governor, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily have to obey them unless what they're saying for me to do is constitutional. And, and if I violate that, if I surrender that freedom, then I'm undoing 200 years of, of government that has been ordained, I think, uh, by God for us to function under. Yeah, I think it's a question of, you know, our, con- our Constitution allows for the people to push back. 
and it actually there's processes in place where it says to even overthrow the government if if necessary. So I think in the American context, it's a little different. Now, if you go over to Europe, you know, you look at the Magna Carta and some other things that happened there. They did not necessarily allow for any kind of a of an overthrow by its citizens, but in American context, we do. So in reality, when we push back, aren't we actually obeying the human institution of American government because it allows for that? Just like in First uh, Peter chapter two, it says, "Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, not every human." So I think sometimes those institutions have those checks and balances for a reason. And if we don't ask questions, then we end up losing a lot more than we bargained for. So you, you would know? say, like, for instance, with, with the um, vaccine mandate on mm-hmm. employers that, that the president tried to push uh, through OSHA, yeah, the fact that that got, like, sued into high heaven by, like, a bunch of companies right out of the gate and that they've now pressed pause on that mm-hmm. to say basically – uh, even OSHA saying like, all right, we tried it, you know, but people weren't having it. What you're saying is, is those those uh, companies doing that, following those lawsuits was actually an example of good citizenship. They're sub- submitting to the human institution of the American government. Right. By and, using those uh, right. ways to push back. And the, the other the other thing is, is that uh, all, our entire legal system and our entire society is actually governed by a specific document. Right. Which is the Constitution. And so in our context. Yeah. And and that the Constitution of the United States is actually the supreme uh, form of government. And that's intentional. That it's actually not a person; it's a document because that it's, it's not is made out of words right. that have real meaning. Which is the, the reason why we're in a lot of the trouble we are is because exactly. of postmodern interpretation. But mm-hmm. but originally the idea was is it says what it says and it means what it means. Right. You know, people argue with us about the Second Amendment. You know, well, what kind of weapons? There's no, there are no restrictions. It's, you can do what you want. If you want a grenade launcher in your backyard, you can have a grenade. Now, if you blow somebody up with it, there's consequences for that. There's laws right. for that. But as far as whether you can do it or not, uh, there there is no asterisk after any of those amendments of the Constitution. Of, well, in this case, it means something different. And so you probably won't be able to buy a grenade launcher. I'm just saying. Probably not, but yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, this, you know, nothing is impossible. You'll be on a watch list, I promise. Yeah, I know, but 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 the the principle is the same thing with with the COVID stuff. So if if a government official further down the chain of command from the Constitution uh, is mandating that I violate my constitutional right, I'm actually breaking the the highest law in the land in order to serve that individual or their mandate yeah and it, and so there, there's that there it's like we've talked before about like sphere sovereignty right and there is a law that's even higher than the american constitution which is the word of god and so as believers uh the word of god tells us you know submit to your rulers pray for your rulers you know uh, uh be good citizens um, and at the same time, even if the U.S. Constitution itself were to command us to do something contrary to Scripture, we're obligated as believers to resist yes. that. Yes. But the problem is not that, uh, you know, we're being commanded to violate Scripture by the Constitution. Right. But rather the Constitution has been undermined in two primary issues. Number one, subjectivity that we've alluded to. Uh, the fact that, that people see it as a living document and they read into it whatever they want to believe instead of being objective truth. And then the levels of bureaucracy mm-hmm. that we have in place mm-hmm. of all of these 
bureaucrats that the administrative are state utopians and they have you know they know better they're the elite and uh so they're going to tell all the yokels how you know to to toe the line and it has nothing to do with the government uh, th- these are people that have been put in place uh, in that institution that is really undermining freedom and and I think constitutional order yeah that's true so uh, so what would you guys say and I, I think this is the crux of the question when do us as believers push back should have been about 100 years ago <laughs> but i mean what what i guess that goes back to the what principles how can we think through of when to push back? Well, think think about, you know, in my younger days, the civil rights movement. Right. So so here were people that were not really violating the Constitution, but they were violating local ordinances and law enforcement and so mm-hmm. forth by sitting at a lunch counter where it should have been whites only or by drinking out of a fountain that was forbidden to them. or They not, actually not correctly going. interpreted the Constitution. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But they were pushing back. That's right. And that was a biblical issue. It was a biblical issue. Right. And, in fact, you had a lot of preachers that were at the forefront of that, of that movement that helped bring back change. Right. But my whole point is that it was constitutional. They were working against that bureaucracy that come in place that was actually harmful and detrimental. So that's the thing, I think, where these laws begin to be detrimental and begin to undermine freedom and begin to impose tyranny. That's the time to start pushing back. Right. Yeah. And biblically speaking, it's really a question of truth because the government has lied to us several mm-hmm. times throughout this whole thing. Seriously. I mean, you think about how many times the guidelines have changed, you know, wear two masks, don't wear a mask for a while. Let's go ahead and wear the masks again. Then you hear, six feet, ten yeah, feet, six feet. I six mean, feet. don't question science. So if the government's going to tell you what to do, don't you think they should have facts and that they should have, be consistent as well? And it is a matter. It's a well, they have matter. their truth. Ben. See, that's the problem is it's not consistent and it's not actually based on facts. I mean, we're not against science as Christians. We're for science. We're for data. We're right. for um, factual calculations. But the problem is, is they don't have any kind of factual calculations. I mean, one thing that people have trouble believing is that a paper mask can hold back a microscopic virus, you know, like that piece of paper is going to stand between you having the virus and me getting the virus. I mean, people just don't believe that. So there's just a lot of things there, not to mention the vaccines and do they work? Do they not work? Is there aborted fetal tissue or not? You know, there's just all this stuff hitting people in the face. So in order to obey, you would have to be kind of a vegetable to just say yes to everything because any normal person is going to ask questions because it doesn't add up. I agree. And I think the, the question that we have to answer and especially as pastors is where do people find truth? Mm -hmm. Especially, especially in these times, because you can make an argument, well, the masks don't do anything and I can find 500 Google uh, sites that say they don't work. I can find school board meetings, a parent saying they don't work or some guy saying, but on the flip side, I can find 500 Google things that says mass do work and exactly. YouTube videos of mass do it. So it's like, we are so bombarded with information that we contradicting information. That's right. That we honestly, <laughs> it's, it's hard for us to know what is true. That's right. Well, and, and you look back and, and 
you know, especially uh, African-Americans, I think some of them are extremely reluctant to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. 76% I, yeah. in New York, I think. But, and they have good reason to Yes, be. because look how the government lied to them right. and injected them with a bunch of stuff, you yeah. know, that was, was harmful. That's right. And, and so, you know, when you've been lied to that much, you know, you're going to be very reluctant to take that next uh, shot. That's so right. where would you guys, how, how would we find truth? How do we determine what is true in a world of untruth? I think you got to be skeptical. I mean, you got to be skeptical of the Put government. Put your tinfoil hat on. <laughs> yeah, you've I mean, got seriously. Yeah, you've got to be skeptical, and you can't just jump on everything they say and do. Really, I think you've got to pull back and pray about it. God, do you want me to take this vaccine? Yeah, that's God. If you want me to wear a mask in these places, convict me about that, God, and show me. I personally have not been convicted about wearing masks or taking the vaccine, so I've not taken the vaccine. And I don't wear masks in stores unless somebody were to come up to me and say, you need to put a mask on, and they were to provide the mask. Um, If you're going to ask me to wear a mask, I shouldn't have to bring my own mask. And that's just my own opinion about that. But um, So so that's kind of my personal thing. It may be a matter of just Christian liberty, you know, in terms of do I feel a conviction about this or not, you know? So so what if you were in a a shopping mall with your family Mm -hmm. and over the – Intercom comes an announcement. We have received a phone call with a bomb threat here at the mall. What what would you do? You don't know. You you just heard this. It could just be a rumor. Mm-hmm. But what would you do? I would seek get out of there. Okay, we'll you, leave. you would. You would. But then when you got out, if they if it comes across the wire and says it was just uh, fake, there's nothing dangerous there. Then what would you do? You, you go, back go back shopping. But chicken little, well, you, you, it, it's a very practical approach. And I think the same way when all this stuff hit mm-hmm. as a church, I know we tried to listen and to respond. We closed down for a period of time and then met outside for a while. We didn't have the data that we have today and we still don't have all the facts. I don't think we're trying to sort through everything, That's right. but, but we're farther down the road. And so our initial reaction, and I think properly mm-hmm. was to back up and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But now that we see what's going on, then I think if an, the dreaded Omicron, when it arrives, you know, we're going to respond in a, in a different way. Yeah. For me, I mean, for me, I, I try to listen to, and to say they're speaking truth is, you know, if I can, if I watch something, whether it be Fox News, CNN, it doesn't matter. You can absolutely tell a bent. You can absolutely right. tell it. But then there's there's independent podcasts out there now that you can tell they're on both sides. They're like they're truly looking at it as objectively as they possibly can. And that's kind of the people I try to listen to. They'll say this is. You know, they'll push against the right and the left or the mm-hmm. left and the right. So that you can kind of in the middle, like you said, the centrist, mm-hmm. um, those are the type of people I try to listen to the most. Now, are they, again, are, do they know every bit of the truth and facts? No, but, but when you hear somebody that's like, you know, one way or the other hardcore, I turn them off in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. they're, they clearly have a bent. So that's what I do. So I think, um, so I did something new in the last year, which is um, uh shout out to Nate, one of our uh, guys on staff here at the church. But he and I actually wrote a hymn um, around this kind of discussion. Um, and it's called There Is an Outcome Worse Than Death. 
and sounds like a metal song. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the the principle of it is that uh, I think one of the ways out of this for the believer <laughs> is to remember that there are outcomes worse than death. I, th- I think a lot of it is motivated by fear, and, and I don't think it's a fake virus. I had it, personally. <laughs> I got pneumonia. Like, I mean, I believe it's real. It's I not fun. I, yes. so I don't have it? Yes. I don't, I don't recommend it to anybody, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, and I certainly uh, don't look down on anybody who has gotten a vaccine or who wants mm-hmm. to wear a mask. Or, exactly. I'm not uh, judgmental, you know, uh, of those people, or I try not to be. Um, because I do believe people need to make uh, a decision based on their own conscience. And like you said, there is conflicting research out there and it's and it's just hard to tell but at the end of the day for the believer um some of the things that that song lists you know that are worse than dying is not gathering and shriveling up spiritually is worse than dying uh not proclaiming the gospel is worse than dying um you know the the church closing is worse than people dying and and that's and that's a hard pill for people to swallow because as Americans our our life and our possessions are everything in our worldview that's everything that matters is if if I get sick and I can't have all my stuff anymore and I die then that is the worst thing that could happen to me and it's like well for the believer this I mean Paul wasn't concerned about that you know uh, I, I just ordered a book this last week that had it on sale on Black Friday. It's called uh, Faith in the Time of Plague. And it's a compilation of writings from Cyprian all the way up through Spurgeon and those kind of guys who served during actual plagues. I mean, very high death rates like smallpox and the and bubonic plague and stuff like that. And them talking about what it was like doing ministry there. And I believe Spurgeon at one point, they encouraged him not to go visit and preach places for concern of getting sick. And his response was basically... God called me to go preach to people, and if if that's the way that he decides that I'm going to go, then that's up to him, but I'm going to go do what he told me to do. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us, I think one of the sad things that we've seen over the last year, you know, everybody talks about church attendance is down or whatever. Nobody talks about why that's bad. So the reason why it's bad isn't because you don't have as much money in the bank and you got to lay off staff or you can't pay that building off. Or you, that's not the reason why that's bad. The reason why it's bad is is the only thing that was even holding this country together was the church to begin with. Otherwise, it would have spiraled out of control and it would have been people eating each other the hundreds of years ago. And you look at these places with the looting and now they've got, mm. uh, what is it, flash robberies, they call it now, right. and all this kind of stuff going on. Why is that? I, I think you can look at a direct correlation between the number of shut down churches in a city and the and the crime rate. Mm-hmm. John MacArthur made that point when he refused for them to shut down. Of we are a preserve, we have a preserving effect on society. And you know what's you know what's worse than people in church getting COVID is the church closing and society just kept collapsing. Right, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, certainly we're not to live out of fear, which doesn't mean that we're to be irrational, or right. presumptuous. But on the other hand, if we're people of faith, we respond to God's directives first, and he's called us to assemble together. Now, can there be a, a pause? Let's suppose there, God forbid, there was a breakout in the local church. You had four or five families that caught it, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of think it happened. You don't know for sure, but maybe it happened in the spread around the church building. Then if you want to you know, close up shop for a couple of weeks, I think that's okay. 
It's it's the long term thing of saying, you know, we're going to remain in this condition. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I think you get into into real problems to assess things to back up. I mean, if it, let, let's just say, for instance, that you are diagnosed this week with strep throat. Okay, are are you sinning if you don't preach Sunday? No. No. Right. In fact, you probably would be if you come in and spread. Well, that's like it, whenever right? I had COVID, I think I was I was out of church. I think for a month. Yeah. Because it was like. Yeah, I was supposed to preach like every week that month. It was like, that ain't happening. Like, even if I felt good because I had the pneumonia in my lungs and all that, like, I, I just couldn't even do that. Nobody blamed me for that. Nobody. Right. And that's like I tell people, I'm like, if you don't feel good, don't come. I mean, this time of year, you would do that anyways. You know, if, if you know that you're sick, obviously don't, like you said, don't be irrational. And, well, I'm just going to trust in Jesus. And you're just going to show up and get everybody else sick. That's just dumb, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, we we basically came out with a policy in our church and just said you need to assume that there is a a, a asymptomatic COVID positive person in church every single Sunday that you're going to get exposed every single Sunday. Go ahead and assume that you're going to do that, and whatever decisions you need to make in light of that. If you feel like wearing a mask is going to help you, if vaccines are going to help you, if social distancing is going to help you, we want you to do whatever you need to do to be in church. But at the same time, we're we're not going to wave a flag and and run around like our hair's on fire because we found out somebody was positive. Because the way the world is now is, I mean, you've got so many asymptomatic people. I've got several friends that went to donate blood or something and found out they already had it and didn't Mm, never even knew that they had it. I mean, couldn't even tell you when that when they were sick with it. Yeah. And so, if that's the standard that we're going to do, I mean, and we've seen that, we've seen the statistics on the lockdowns and all these kind of things. The reality is it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's really an exercise in the futility of man of uh, how prideful are we to think that we can outsmart uh, a virus that God has allowed to exist in yeah. the world. You yeah, know? it's very survival. It mutates. It changes. You're, right. you're not going to get rid. It's, it's here and, and it's going to be here. And you know what? We're actually already equipped with something to handle that. It's the immune systems yeah. that God also designed, yep. which is a blessing to us. Um, because in a sin-cursed world, we don't have to have an immune system that's immune to that because it wasn't that way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And yet in God's mercy, we have a very strong immune system. Most of us do. Obviously not everybody. Those are exceptions. But most of us have an immune system that's able to recover from that kind of thing. And so really what this is is, is it's, it's man's solution uh, to a problem that doesn't include God. Of we we can handle this. Your immune system doesn't need to handle it. Your church doesn't need to handle it. We got it under control, and they don't have it under control. Yeah. Well, it's the utopians. It goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel, and the attempt to build the civilization on man's authority to supplant Mm -hmm. God, and and we see that evident. With all these utopians, Dennis out goes there. bringing the Bible back into it. I yeah. know. Uh, we see who the spiritual side of the table is. <laughs> yes, that's right. We yeah, just I'm got right. our phones over. I, Adam and I have Google, so yeah, that's all. Well, I mean. You can actually, trust, I don't have Google. Don't internet service here, do you? I don't have Google either, so yeah, yeah. yeah I was trying to find the Facebook <laughs> comments. I don't know if we can pull it up, but if anybody's comment on it, has anybody commented? I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I was trying to pull it up. Oh, okay. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I'm, oh, the signal will eventually get here next week. <laughs> I'm kind of a luddite, yeah. But I, I, to to kind of wrap up for me personally on this, you know, I started asking the consistency and things, and I think that that's to push to talk about what you guys have talked about when the government isn't consistent. I think that's that's that makes apparent. it hard. That that makes it apparent. Um, and when you do look at 
hardline statistics when you look at death rate and those type of things. And then you see, well, you've got to do this. That's when you start asking the question. Right. That's, that's right. when you begin to start wrestling. And it was funny because being in West Asheville, we did our trunk retreats um, on Halloween night. I know um, that's the one day that Reformation Day. Yeah, that's the one day that Christians can't go out. Anyway, um, but we were concerned about what the reaction would be from the community because we're going to be out in the community and I have this event for the community. And I, and I told our folks, I said, cause we were talking about having blow ups and, and bounce houses and all this stuff. And I said, I don't know how that will be received, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we even talked about having masks, be ready to wear a mask. If the first couple of people wear a mask, you know, and it was amazing. Nobody, I think one person out of the hundreds of people that came through, only one person was wearing a mask and I, I heard multiple things. Thank you so much for bringing back normal and, and, and in a mm. super liberal place. Right. Even mm. they were like, thank even you. Even they, for, yeah. Even mm-hmm. they were like, thank you for bringing it back. So we, we wanted to be mindful uh, of that. And, and we didn't feel like we were compromising by wearing a mask or anything like that, right. but um, right. it, it worked out. I think, us. you know, we could do a whole other episode on big tech um, or probably several episodes on that. Mm. But but I think that's a factor in this too of what exactly what you just said, uh, Adam. Which is basically your anecdotal experience was different from the narrative. Oh, big time! And one of the things that has really blown my mind is uh, even today I was on Facebook a little while ago, and I've got a friend on Facebook that is uh, unashamedly like liberal LGBT, like the whole deal. And that person was was posting stuff about them disagreeing with like the president's decisions and all this kind of thing. And I'm thinking you, I, I thought you would be the last person, uh, you know, to have an issue with these kind of things. But what amazes me is I was just thinking about it earlier today of not prefacing everything of, well, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Cause every time I start talking to somebody, other people are like, no, I like, I read the, I read the news. I see what's going on. I, I look outside and, and yeah. can see what's going on in the world. And the thing that I think is amazing is you look at the polls, you look at the media figures that are speaking out against the narrative and how huge their platforms are. And you think about um, you think about these these figures online, you know, even somebody like Alex Jones, you know, who, you know, he gets out there. I get my media. But or or Joe Rogan's another one. You know, I mean, you can't tell me that Joe Rogan's so big that he can't get canceled. Dave Chappelle's the same thing. He did it. He did a routine about that. Mm-hmm. They're so big now that even with the suppression of big tech, uh, they're not able to totally silence them. And to me, that just tells me uh, with all of the tremendous amount of money and technology that they're putting into uh, suppressing what people know, it's still breaking through, which tells me that there's way more people in America that actually see the truth and are questioning these narratives and are questioning these decisions. We don't think that they exist because we don't see them because we're, we're not allowed to see them. But then when we get out in the real world and we talk to people, we find out, Oh wow, I I'm not the only person that thinks this way or has these questions. Like you said, Ben uh, asking questions of a government that's forcibly sterilized people or giving them diseases or, you know, uh, put them, put them in camps, you know? Yeah. I mean, kills asking, yeah. Asking questions Mm. about, of a government of that does not make you a conspiracy theorist. It's just saying like, Hey, 
Like, you know, it, it's like having... It makes a, you a good citizen. Yeah, but it, it's also, it's, it's like the abusive you're spouse. That's yeah, right. That's it, a hate word, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah like an abu- it's like an abused spouse flinching, when, you know, when their spouse moves at them. Yeah. It's like, well, I wasn't going to hurt you. I wasn't going to do anything. It's like, well, considering how many times that you have, I'm going to flinch anyways. Right. You know, and so the fact that a lot of Americans are flinching at the government of like, are you? do you really have my best interest in mind here? That doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist. It just means you know some history. And right. you're like, again, we're not anti-government. I'm not saying I don't think Joe Biden's the worst person on earth or that, you know, the Democratic just Party is all worse. like, you know, crazy people or whatever. Mm. You know, I have I have I have friends that disagree with me on those kind of things, you know, that I, that I love and I care about. It's weakened at, and, at this point. And yet at the same time. Um, sorry. Just, uh, sorry. <laughs> he just intercepted that uh, thought. He, he picked. He picked that path. He's but, running for a touchdown. Yeah. Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the idea is that we can ha- we can have those different those different thoughts and those different perspectives on things, but it doesn't mean that like because somebody asked a question and didn't just do exactly what they were told that they're like. You know, I have a shrine to Donald Trump in, in my bedroom and, you know, I only listen, you know, to Fox News and I only, you know, there that whole narrative of like, you know, oh, well, of course, you're in Western North Carolina and rural North Carolina in a predominantly Republican place. So that's why you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, well, no, it couldn't be because I have a brain and no history and actually have questions like that couldn't be the real reason, you know, why they were talking about on another podcast I listened to on that very thing. And we're not going down this rabbit hole, but the reaction to the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was some pushback, but the idea that there's going to be riots in the street, right, yeah. wars, you know, all this, it didn't happen. It did didn't it? happen no. because the truth was kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that, it's that, except for the guy or except for that SUV that killed some people oh, yeah. in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. It was the yeah. SUV that did it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched that, the was not dilemma, a, that was not a, a racially motivated crime apparently, but you know, even though that was probably one of the most racist crimes in, in recent history right. in public news, but, but they know, can't be racist because we know, because it's an SUV. They don't have yes, racist. Yes, exactly. But, but let me, let me mention this. One of the, the big concerns I have over this whole issue, probably among the four of us, there's not unanimity, but we're probably, you know, pretty close on this matter. But within the church, you have folks uh, choosing sides. And what we've got to be cautious of is allowing a matter like that, which is important, mm-hmm. but it isn't of eternal significance. And, and we've got to be careful, not let people get in fights over that kind of thing, split right. up, drop out, uh, you know, over those kinds of issues. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I see happening sometimes within our, our church yeah. and, and pastors are caught in the crossfire. Well, one yeah. of our, one of our good friends, pastors of church, um, they've had a lot of people leave because they were liberal, uh, and because they were meeting outside, but once they moved back in, they didn't care about people anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. You can't win. So I mean, was it like a fifty-fifty split? Or it wasn't it? that bad, I don't think. But I mean, it was enough to be significant. Yeah, I and, and, and I mean, truth be told, I haven't. If I've got liberals in my church, I don't know about them. It's not that that's what I'm espousing. But um, speaking of this, one calling your problem, um, pro-life people. Um, but I haven't had to deal with the political fallback. I mean, we've said from the beginning, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't, because we were able to spread out yeah. so much. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know of people who are have lost people due to politics over this. Well, I think I think 
it goes back to what you said in the beginning, Adam, of consistency. Mm-hmm. The reality is there is a there is a consistent, systematic worldview that the Bible teaches, and that is going to have a bearing on politics and medicine and family and uh, you know all economics, you know all those kind of issues. It, it, the Bible speaks to every type of issue, and so the reality is if you're in a church that's preaching scripture, and you have people that have a worldview that has inconsistencies in it, which everybody does. I mean, this is part of the reason why we preach every week and why we as pastors study every week is because we find inconsistencies in our own worldview where it's, it's called sanctification. You know, we're constantly trying, striving to be more in line with scripture, but some people may have some pretty stark inconsistencies and the preaching of the word is going to affect them and the decisions are going to affect them. And so I think, and I think that's part of what we're seeing. I, I don't think the issue is really COVID. I don't think the issue is really the government as far as these churches that are splitting. Really, the issue is, is you have some pastors that are saying, okay, there are things in the Bible that I can't unsee, and I have to preach the whole Bible. I can't just preach the parts that's going to keep people in seats. And I know if I preach this, there are people that are going to have some inconsistencies that they're just not going to be able to reconcile, and we're going to have to do that. You know, I had to preach a text this last week where... I was under so much conviction studying for that because the Lord was showing me that I had some really messed up stuff in my own heart that I needed to deal with. And I wouldn't have chosen to, to preach that passage, but because we go verse by verse through books, I can't just skip it and do it, which is the reason why it kind of holds us to the fire to have to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, the problem was, is even in my reading and studying of that scripture, it exposed the inconsistencies in my worldview. So then I have to make a decision. Do I submit to scripture mm-hmm. or do I maintain the worldview that I, that I have manufactured? And the reality is there's a lot of people that would rather, they would rather stay in the, in the worldview that they've made than conform to scripture. That's just human nature mm-hmm. for people. Right. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So a big thing coming up uh, soon is the Supreme Court hearing the case about the Mississippi abortion law. So that might be yeah. something we can talk about next week for sure. Yeah. I think actually on If they'll have some six, updates. I know that I, I heard this morning, I think they said it's, they think it's going to take about six weeks, I guess. Okay. So or no, no, no. That was the Glenn uh, Maxwell trial, which doesn't exist, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's only Omicron now. Uh, you know. Yeah. You're right. Glenn Maxwell didn't hang herself. at all. I didn't publicize that at but all. But really, you bringing up the abortion issue, mm-hmm. I'd already thought about it. That's just another example where you have one part of the government reading in to the Constitution something that wasn't there. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah, the Constitution assumes the personhood of a child. Yeah, yeah. But but they look at it the opposite. Right. You know, that, that the rights of the woman to exterminate her baby, to brutally butcher it inside the womb, you know, uh, are are there? Yeah, somehow you're out, less human in the womb than exactly. you are outside of the womb. Exactly. And that it's your geographical the viability does not equate yeah. personhood, and that's well, where they try. They've made up the the viability side of it. Pe- people you know? people across the southern border are not less human than Americans are, but people across the border of the womb are. Yeah, see, it's yeah. it's illogical. Again, there's yeah. there's an inconsistency right there. I had in a logic. Woman, I had a woman tell me that children after thirty weeks can live. And I said, well, my daughter was born at 29 weeks. Yeah. She goes, well, 
29 weeks would be okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you made that decision. So is my daughter. But de de dependence on the parent does not decide if you're more or less valuable. I mean, a three-year-old is more dependent on their mother than a 30-year-old. When do they stop being dependent? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a stupid you had a uh, metric. About, that about your son, but well, that's but, a stupid but metric. But the, so. uh, that's the same law, and they don't they don't want to go there. But again, consistent worldview. Right? right. If, if we're gonna if if we think that eliminating uh, dependent people is going to relieve a burden on society. No more nursing homes. And where does uh, it no, stop? No more, well, di no more disability, social security, all that stuff goes away. If you want to solve a social security problem, just kill everybody that draws social security. Mm -hmm. They're not contributing to society. Yep. And so there you go. So, right. so can I connect sanctity of life and vaccines together before we depart? Uh -oh. You can try. I can, I can get ready it. for hour two. <laughs> in, in Germany, if you want to be euthanized, Oh yeah, you have to be. You have to be back fully vaccinated first. That's great. <laughs> well, true. that's true because wow. that, there, there, there's a clip uh, of uh, Ben Shapiro. What? what, uh, what? Say that again. If you <laughs> you have to be euthanized. vaccinated in order to be euthanized. Yes. You know, physician-assisted suicide is legal in Germany. There's so if you want to go that route, you can only do that if you can show that you've been fully vaccinated. There's a video clip on YouTube of Ben Shapiro, regardless of how you feel about him. He does some funny impressions, and he does an impression of Dr. Fauci's logic with the vaccines. And one of them is that, you know, this person dies and, and didn't get vaccinated, so they have COVID. And so the COVID comes up out of their body in, into a tree stump, and there's an old man sitting on the tree stump. So it comes out of the tree stump and infects him with COVID like 100 years later, and uh, and so he needs to wear like four masks in order to like be, it, it, it's pretty funny, but it's basically the same logic of like, mm -hmm. you know, God forbid you go to the grave and have COVID and it comes out of your grave and get somebody or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just I don't even understand. Like, I can't. Is that for like the doctor's <laughs> protection? That's yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the people yeah. in the office because yeah. they they don't want to get COVID. Yeah. You know? Those people over there have drunk the Kool Aid. I just think if you would, if you would <laughs> wear real. six feet of masks, that's what happens when you make homeschooling home illegal. By the way, oh yeah, that's what you end it up. It is with. illegal in just Germany. Saying. Yep, mm -hmm. homeschooling is. So there we go. How'd you like that? That was a good uh, conclusion. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I think I think Adam's processing that. I, I, th I think I think all five people the that my brain can't handle it. Yeah. You so uh, stupidity. The level of stupidity is that's. It's so yeah, if, if you made it this far, then uh, feel free to to comment uh, and uh, put your thoughts on there. Or if you have ideas for other topics or things that you want to hear us uh, talk nonsense about, put that on there. And uh, otherwise, we will see you next week, Lord willing. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review.